All right, good evening, everyone. Dashiell Miller here with, uh, I guess, Warrior Concepts, right? Yeah, that's still us. <laughs> All right, episode 168 of Kuden Radio. So, uh, if you're here on purpose, welcome. If you're here by accident, hit the back button. <laughs> Whatever works for you. All right. <laughs> anyway, all right. So, uh, got another uh, uh, cool training thing, but uh, I also have, I don't know, there was this weird thing that happened. Um, <laughs> something happened on the way to the forum. No, so, uh, something happened just in the last couple of days that I think bears discussion, and it kind of goes along with. Um, the mental processes we're going to be discussing uh, as far as the training topic for this episode. So we'll talk about that and more as soon as we get started. So the big question is this. How are self-defense and success-minded people like us, concerned citizens worried about protecting ourselves, our loved ones, and the things we care about from the monsters we know exist in the world? How do we train in a way that gives us the skills, knowledge and understanding we need without becoming paranoid fighters or killers ourselves and yet still allows us to be the hero protector the world needs us to be that's the question and this podcast will give you the answers my name is jeffrey miller and welcome to kudan radio real training for real people in a real world all right here we go so anyway let's kick this one off um with a, a quick story here uh, i actually will be diving much more deeply into this uh, in an upcoming episode, but uh, just had a interesting conversation with a prospective student uh, that I think really bears uh, at least a slight discussion or um, I don't know, we need to, we need to put it on the table, so to speak, right? Because I think this, this happens a lot, right? This happens more often um, than even individual students might want to admit, uh, especially if it's happening to them. So uh, I had a walk-in two weeks ago, I think. Uh, It was a woman. She was in the process of a divorce, had a PFA, uh, really concerned about personal safety um, going forward, right? And so we had a discussion. She asked, all the right questions, right? All the right, and and not like class schedule and what do you teach and things like that, right? Um, she needed to know credibility, my background, those kind of things, which is fine, right? And so uh, she left, and I, you know, when when she came in, she's living a little bit farther away, but um, I don't know, James, how far away do you live? Right? Uh, James has an hour. Is it an hour drive? Oh, it's all right. I can be the little window. It's all right. Okay. You have like an hour drive, right? Okay. And then we have uh, somebody else. Erskine, I think, is an hour and 20, hour and a half, something like that. Um, And that's just one way. That's not, that's not round trip. Okay. Um, So she's not, she's not close to the the drive time that James has. I think she has maybe, I don't know, 20, 25 minutes, something like that, if she were to come to class. Certainly has the means and, and those kind of things, right? So, um, we just recently, for those of you listening in the, on the fu- in the future, right, whether it's audio or you're watching on, on YouTube or whatever, uh, to, this is an archive, uh, we're just coming out of our Independence Day weekend, or the Independence Day holiday, right, uh, here in the States, if you're not in the States. And um, so, uh, you know, we were, 
everybody was kind of out of pocket for a whole weekend extended into a week. It turned into a really long holiday. For some people, it was a Friday through a Tuesday. So damn near a work week. Anyway, um, so uh, you know, I, I gave her a couple of days and then the holiday and I followed up with her. And uh, uh, she really thanked me for, for calling her back and whatnot. But here's the gist of her side of the conversation. Okay. Um, I really appreciate that you called me back. Uh, based on your background as a former federal police officer and a bodyguard, I really think that I could learn a lot from you. I really think that um, you have what I need. However, dot, 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 right? She didn't say dot, dot, dot. Okay. Um, there is a martial arts class that's actually going on like less than five minutes from my house and my friend already goes there and he doesn't have the same credibility or not. He doesn't have the same background, but because of convenience, uh, I think that's where I'm going to go. Okay. I wish you well. That's how I, answer all questions like that because I'm not here to talk anybody into anything, right? Um, but here's the thing, right? Let's ignore the fact that when I first started training with my first teacher in this art, um, he was in Germantown, Ohio, right? And most people don't even know where that is, but it's north and a little bit to the side of uh, Dayton, Ohio, right? So way over on the Indiana border, right? Um, again, if you're not good with geography, um, you know, Google a map or something, right? But anyway, um, I wasn't where I currently live in Pennsylvania. Um, I was across the Atlantic Ocean in what was then West Germany, right? So we're going we're gonna to set all those things aside, right? Number of teachers, no Internet, no online training, nothing like that, right? Um, but this seems to be – this seems to be – my experience, okay, and it's not because people don't train with me or whatever. I got tons of people to train with me, but this seems to come up a lot. James, would you agree that that teachers are not selected for value or credibility? More often than not, they're selected based on convenience. Mm. Okay. The number of people that have told me I've wanted to train in ninjutsu since I was in high school or just out of university or whatever, um, but there was nothing near me, so I signed up for Taekwondo or I signed up for whatever, okay? Um, I'm not here to tell anybody what to do, and I would never do that ever. I don't. I, I highly recommend that my students do certain things, but ultimately... It's up to them. Now, if they're going to do things that are just not in the framework of what we're doing, then just like my teacher told us, right, there's the door. Go find something or some place that teaches what it is that you want to do, right? That goes for everybody that's mixing boxing and spinning back kicks and all that with their ninjutsu training. That's all fine. And, and when it comes to dealing with things on the street, that's fine. But if you're going to a teacher to learn specific things, then that's not the time to be discussing, well, over there, they do it that way. Well, that's great, right? So when you're here, 
we're going to do it this way. When you're there, do it that way. Don't tell them how we do it or that you prefer it this way or whatever, because they should tell you the same thing any more than you should be. Well, okay, there's time for those discussions, but right. Anyway, um, but this this is in the same area. And I, I don't know if it was a, if it was a uh, it was if it was a kuden or if it was one of my uh, my weekly coaching calls with my inner circle guys or whatever. But we just had a discussion about uh, weapons and tools, and uh, we were talking about quality. And uh, as a matter of fact, I was gonna—I don't have it here. It was, it's at the dojo office. Uh, James knows uh, there's a uh, a survival knife, right? Um, that I got from a self-defense group, right? I just sampled their membership to see what kind of stuff they they have going out, uh, and you know, for signing up for the membership, and there was a, there's a cost to it, right? Uh, you got this free gift, right? Here's this tactical knife. We get this tactical knife, and uh, this took, you get what you pay for, to a whole new level, right? Like, the stuff that's supposed to be attached to it won't stay attached. It's barely, you know, functional. Uh, it rattles worse than a AK-47. Um, anyway, right? Um, so... And I, I, I get that people have limited means, but you have to stay within your budget, right? Um, and when I say stay within your budget, I mean stay within your budget and not do what most people do, and that's stay within your paycheck plus 20%, right? So, um, but I've always been a firm believer, and it wasn't just because I got this from my teachers, that you have what you have resource-wise, but that doesn't mean that you don't find the best quality that you can afford, right? And then when you do that, you accept that this is what I have. And you don't delude yourself into believing that it's the same as. I had a discussion with my son once. I love him to death, right? Um, he had moved in with me after he graduated from high school because he was prepping to go in the Navy. So... I got up every morning to make sure that he got up every morning, right? And we went on walks that turned into jogs, that turned into runs, that got him into the Navy, right? Um, but we were, uh, myself and several black belts uh, were in a, in a class one night. It was actually between classes. And, um, you know, we were discussing knives and, and that kind of thing, right? And most of us, right, uh, carried spider code delicates. If you know what that is, or parts, as a matter of fact. Right? So there's a certain design to these things, and the way the clip goes in the pocket and whatnot, it always comes out so that it's ready to be fed. I have another one that I like as well. It's Smith & Wesson branded, but I have to, I, I've had to get it into my head and had to practice over and over again to get it out of, off the clip, in my hand, and do a rotation on it so that it's... It's ready to open, right? Um, there's a reason that the that the safety clip is here and not here where it is for a lot of ones, right? Because a lot of combat guys know, right, that you're going to hold it like this, and so they'll come in here and snag that, and between your pressure and their pressure, fold your knife on you. This way, they can't get to that, okay? So, but anyway, this is the only part that I don't like because we don't do the whole steak knife kind of thing. It leaves too much uh, opening 
so there's no flesh to, to weapon kind of thing, and it can be dislodged, especially when you're sweating, right? Um, but the hole, right, fits the thumb. It's, it's nice and big. You're not trying to get this little plastic tab or whatever. Anyway, so we're having this conversation, and uh, my son listened in and whatnot, and I don't know, a couple of days later, he comes back in for class, and um, we were all talking about, you know, how we always look for sales for these things because even then, um, so we're talking decades ago, um, I think I, the cheapest I've ever paid for one of these things is like 70 bucks, right? Um, and that was a discount through my one teacher. Anyway, so uh, he comes in and said, look, I, I just picked this one up for five bucks, right? I could I could get four of these and still not pay half of what you paid for that other one. And so, you know, we compared features, and to him, in his head, it was exactly the same, and he saved a whole bunch of money, okay? And then we did some cutting practice, and the first time that he made contact with a resistance target, right? So we were cutting and hacking and those kind of things, but the first time he made contact with it, the there's this part in the in the handle here right it's the break right b-r-a-k-e not b-r-e-a-k for those of you on on audio i apologize but if you understand how clip knives are made there's this there's this metal insert in between the handles that when the blade opens up it creates this stop right for it right so anyway uh my son made impact with the target with the blade and the blade kept going folded back on his hand Luckily, it wasn't a double-edged knife, right? So the spine folded back on his on his uh, hand because it broke free from this space. Okay, so uh, and and the reality of uh, of manufacturing and cost and things like that is, you know, while people can blow off uh, expense and uh, and blame it on greedy capitalists and all that kind of stuff, right? Um, to get things to be at a certain price where they can still keep the electric on at the factory to keep making things and they can buy the supplies necessary to make it and they can pay the payroll and all the taxes, including property. And I'm not going to go into all that kind of stuff because um, I don't like having discussions with people who have no, no foundation in economics, whatever, whatsoever, right? They just want to argue uh, about greedy capitalists, right? But the reality is that to get costs to where, a knife is five bucks, right? Things have to, you can't be running the same process, right? Like the, the stainless blade on this fighter pro, right? Is made in Japan and it has a certain quality to it. It holds, a, holds an edge a certain way, that kind of thing. Right. Um, it's just not the same. Okay. Now I'm not knocking it. That if that's what you end up with in your hand, then you have to figure out how to use that kind of thing. Right. Um, but again, we don't delude ourselves into believing that it's exactly the same, right? To get the price that low, you're sacrificing quality in a whole bunch of different places, right? Everything from the way it's put together to the, the makeup of the materials, right? The metal, the plastic, the, the rivets, everything, right? Um, so uh, anyway, so again, my point with, with the, the prospective student was not that, you know, she didn't want to afford the classes or anything like that, right? Um, what it really came down to was convenience 
over quality. Okay. Um, so, and it, I'm not offended that she picked somebody else. What I left her with beyond good luck is if things change, we're still here. I always leave the door open and more often than not, people come back because, right? We have to remember that if we're, if we're training for black belts, if we're training for bragging rights, if we're training just because we're trying to learn a new martial art or learn some new skills or whatever, you can, you can train any way you want. You can do anything you want, right? Um, but if you're training for self-protection, right, the criteria should probably be a little bit different, okay? And so what I remind every IC, instructor candidate, uh, or uh, student who comes to my school for self-defense is that I take that very, very seriously. Because just like I did, every student that comes to me who's focused on self-protection is doing something that's very critical, whether they know it consciously or not, or whether the instructor understands it consciously or not. And that is that that student is putting their life, literally their life and their safety, in that instructor's hands until they reach a level of capability and ability where they can do it for themselves. And I, I don't know how many people think about that, right? So, uh, right. Anyway, so, again, we have a whole other uh, episode that we're going to dive much more deeply into this idea of um, uh, confidence or quality or whatever versus convenience, Right. Because it's not just it's this is not just about taking martial arts classes. Right. How many decisions do we make? Right. Where we've chosen convenience. And that includes do I train today or not? Do I whatever. Right. So uh, I have not been uh, producing results with my own projects as fast as I would like or to the same degree. So starting today, I added two more hours to my work day, two more hours to my productivity day. So uh, one of those hours is for uh, a different type of workout. And another one puts me at the dojo an hour early to work on the academy itself, not teaching, not student service, not, you know, those kind of things. So, um, but again, again, this is me, right? This is not something I'm telling everybody to do. This is not, this is just one of those things where, um, for me, uh, there's never a choice between doing what needs to be done and doing what's easy. Right? Are there times when you have to choose easy because that's what you have time for? Yeah, quick and easy, but we don't confuse band-aiding something, slapping a band-aid on it, so it'll hold a little bit longer until we can get to it. Like I need, I need my car to make it to Saturday, so I can work on it, right? So I'm going to put an extra quart of oil in it or whatever a, a day if I have to, till I can get it, right? I can get a day where I don't need it, um, right? But anyway, so. Um, James, who do we have on while well, we're, I just 
spent 20 minutes talking about uh, something that probably no one else can relate to because we're all enlightened, right? So um, here we are. That's why we're meeting over a, a, a Kuden podcast titled Enlightened Training, right? Since everybody's already doing it, so we'll just talk about what everybody's already doing, right? Uh, Dave, nudge, nudge. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, Dave Fletcher, Florida Budo, Jeffrey Fletcher. All said good evening, good day, good afternoon. Awesome, awesome. Welcome, everybody. Cool beans. All right. No other questions or comments or anything like that? No. Okay. All right. So let's jump into this. Um, so... Do we can uh, you can see who's on right or at least who signed in or or whatever right? Do, do we have anybody on that you know of that's currently going through the Sanji Shichidobo on the Thirty Seven Fundamentals course? Jeffrey's on. Okay, cool. Right. So uh, this past class, so last Thursday's class, um, we went over one of the aspects the the Sanji Shichidobo the 37 fundamentals or 37 elements on the path leading to enlightenment um, is just one format of the way um, the Mikyo or the, the enlightenment teachings have been uh, passed down. Um, but we, we looked at, uh, and it's, I guess I should give a, a kind of a quick overview for, for folks that have, aren't on every week. Right. So the Sanji Chichibon are uh, seven centers, seven groupings, right, um, that form these foundational teachings that help you get your head on straight, right? But it's not dogmatic teaching. It's not like you got to do it this way, you got to learn it this way, or whatever. What they are are groupings of. Uh, they're, they're almost like signposts, kind of like kata in martial arts, right? They point in a given direction, and then you use those teachings uh, as, the found, as the foundation or the focus for meditative practice, self-reflection, personal development work, that kind of stuff, right? Um, including, which I highly recommend for people doing the martial arts stuff as well, right? Um, including trying to prove it wrong, okay? Because you're not really working on something if you're only focusing on one side of it, okay? Um, otherwise, if, if you don't, you'll be fooled by every charlatan that comes down the, down the, the hokey pike or whatever, right? But anyway, this past week, we worked on something known as the four bases of transcendent intention, four bases of spiritual power. There's lots of names for these things, but the cool thing is that it's, it's a format for how to make things happen, right? And it's, it's basically a flow chart. But there's two ways to kind of come at it. Actually, you can come at it three ways, right? One is that um, there, there are these four, again, bases, right? Uh, you can think of them as, as pedestals or, or uh, pillars or columns or whatever, right? Um, in the original Pali and Sanskrit, uh, the, the one of the words in it, and we're not going to dive into Pali and Sanskrit, right? Because I, I butcher that like most people butcher English. Um, so um, these things can be translated as, or the word can be translated as foot or step or leg, right? It's kind of like legs on a stool, right? So if you have, it's kind of like our um, 
are Sanshin, Sanmitsu, those kind of things, right? What you're looking at are three important supports, right? Like on a, on a stool, okay? So it's much harder to knock something like that over than it is to knock us over because we only have po two points of contact, right? So as I discussed with the folks during that class, any one of these things could be focused on and we could look for things in the past, either that was a part of our life and our success, or we probably know somebody who just, they just were on one of these, one of these paths or they just use one of these methods and they were able to produce results with that alone. Okay. And we'll talk about these here in just a bit, but the way I laid it out for them, I mean, we, we talked about it. We talked about this, this alternative, uh, it's not really an alternative. It's the way they're, it's, it's listed in the, in the, in the text, right? Um, in, in the, in the sutras, whatever word you want to use, right? Um, so the way I laid it out kind of fits our, uh, our Sanmitsu, thought, word, and deed kind of thing, right? And being able to channel intention, channel action, channel energy, right? And there's different ways to do that, right? Um, you're always channeling energy and you're always, you're always channeling intention, but where are you putting it, right? Mentally, through speech, whether it's the written word or the spoken word, or um, actual activity, right? Physical activity, right? Um, obviously, the more of those things we have operating at the same time, focused in the same direction, right? The more energy and power we have going, going that way, right? So, but the way we took a look at it um, was, and again, the four pillars or the four bases, right? Our desire, thought, energy, or effort, and um, activity, right? Uh, or not activity, I'm sorry, investigation, analysis, right? So, um, and, and we did it in that order, but the way it's laid out in, in, in the text is, is a little different. It's, it's kind of flipped. So I thought I would do it this time around so we could take a look at effective training, right? And, and the way enlightened ones, right, have kind of figured out how we learn things the best, uh, uh, yeah, I guess the best, right? Uh, faster, more effectively, more efficiently, that kind of thing, right? Um, so I would share that from a from an, a training perspective, but this would also help the folks in that program, right? Just go a little bit deeper because I, I only went into it a little bit uh, at the end of their class. We spent probably 80, 90 percent of that class uh, focusing on the way I received it initially based on Ninpo Mikyo and based on this whole idea of Sanmitsu and directing thought, word, and deed, and, and those kind of things, right? So anyway, um, the, the idea here is that these four bases, right, um, it's, it's an advanced way of directing consciousness and intent that actually determines not what you learn, but the depth of your practice, how deep you can go, or how broad, or how hot, whatever, Okay. And this is not about belt rank. This is not about ego. This is not about anything like that. As a matter of fact, from the very beginning of this program, right, the whole idea is about 
putting ego in its place, right? And not doing things strictly because, well, that's the way I want it. Well, okay, but that's the way a three-year-old does it. So how about if we, like, come at it from a mature, more scientific way, right? So anyway, what we're looking at here is four bases, right? So if you're taking notes, great. Uh, if not, you can always rewatch or re-listen later for those of you who are on the audio stuff. Um, and that reminds me, right? I'm sorry, I'm going to take a little segue here just for a quick second because I almost forgot. For those of you who did not catch it on the the little post that we send out or we put out on social media or uh, that we send out in the email, I always make these little graphics that give you a summary of what we're what we're covering and whatnot. And then you know, it's a cool little picture that's supposed to catch your eye. We, we have some icons that are some uh, logos that are listed for some of the major platforms that we're on, right? So if you missed it, uh, the Stitcher radio thing, which is now, what, is it defunct now, James, or will it be defunct at the end of the month? Next month. Next month, okay. So Stitcher radio, which has been a really, really big thing, it's, it's like um, on a, in a lot of, it's already installed as an app in a lot of cars and whatever, right? Um they were going away, so um, we reached out, and um, we're now on Pandora Radio, right? So you'll see that there's a link to Pandora, and I also updated the Spotify logo because I never liked that old freaking, I don't know, mint fluorescent, whatever the hell green that is, right? Uh, I guess as long as it's not baby puke green, it's fine. But <laughs> but it stands out a little bit more. Um, and, James, what's the timeline uh, we have a really good shot at getting on XM Radio, Sirius Radio. What's the timeline for that? Uh, they didn't give an exact one. They said in a couple months probably. Okay, so hopefully within a couple months we'll be on uh, Sirius XM Radio too. So uh, yay us. Anyway, all right, so let's get back to this, okay? So these four bases, each one in and of itself can be the thing, right, that you just dump all of your energy, all of your intention into, right, to accomplish goals, right, to get where you're going, whatever, okay? Um, and, again, it's it's about intention, and we're, we're going to talk about that here a lot. And the word transcendent that pops up in the original teachings, right, transcendent isn't something that's woo-woo. What they mean by transcendent is you are outside of the conventional way of looking at things, right? You're not stuck on groupthink, okay? And the, this whole process is a process, right? And it's, it's understanding natural law and how things actually work, right? Um, one aspect that, that I believe, right? I mean, it's obviously, I mean, it's helped me, but one thing that that would help people have, let's say, better throwing skills, right, is to understand the nature of gravity. And not just that it yanks your ass to the ground, right, but understanding gravity can allow you to go on and be able to do, let's say, headstands and handstands better. Because most people fight and struggle to keep their body inverted when what they – if, if they understood the nature of gravity and its effect on the body, what they're really doing is neutralizing the effect in a headstand or handstand 
just like their body neutralizes it when they stand up. The difference is, is that your brain has already been adjusted and, and your, your um, what do you call that? Your muscle memory has been adjusted, right? You stand up, you don't think about neutralizing gravity, right? That's all part of subconscious, unconscious processes now, right? But when you flip upside down, you're not used to the feel of gravity on your body going in that direction, right? Going from feet to head, your brain is used to it pulling down through your body this way, right? It's different. When I was taught that, right, that it was about gravity, it was not about alignment, because I, I could watch the Japanese master instructors doing headstands and handstands with their arch with their backs arched, their legs bent from the knees. James, you've seen pictures like this, right? Um, same thing when they're doing like uh, uh, handsprings and whatnot, and they don't try to land on their feet. Do they often? Yeah, of course, right? But you can land on your shins, you can land on your knees, whatever, right? It's not even about getting all the way over. You could land in a bridge position and then get out of that position, right? So, because um, we're not training to be gymnasts, right? But when I was told to focus on the feel of gravity and make it feel like it feels when I'm just normally standing up, that changed everything. Because now I wasn't trying to just guess at where my body parts needed to be in relation to other body parts. I could feel and, and, and neutralize that, right? So, again, I brought up gravity related to throwing because that's the, the idea. The, the skill is in neutralizing gravity or using gravity, and that allows you to do a lot of other things, right? So, I'm sorry, I have a fan going on and an air con, so you're probably watching this thing back here blow around. I'm hearing it tap against my wall, so... It's not like I have poltergeist in my house that I know of. Anyway, so um, so any one of these things can be used, but I thought this was an interesting topic because as martial artists, for most of us, right, it's kind of hard to just focus on thoughts, to just focus on the effort, right? We, we could bring the other ones in, but it's this is physical by nature, okay? So... Anyway, right? So what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to look at the English, which I've, I, lots of episodes I've mentioned how bad, really bad, English is at translating a lot of this stuff, right? Um, even trying to translate Japanese to English, right? People often look for the shortcuts, but the shortcuts is they're looking for the shortest word that they can memorize and regurgitate back, um, but it doesn't always work well, okay? Um, the Japanese will let you get away with it because you're gaijin, but right, it's not the same. Uh, it's like if you were to open up a Berlitz uh, thing, which is probably the worst freaking language translation kind of thing program you could go through. Um, my Japanese tutors along the way, three of the five Japanese tutors I've had uh, in my life that were Japanese speakers, um, three of them said that learning out of Berlitz was like, there's like five levels of politeness in Japanese, okay, from like trash talk all the way to uber polite, okay, and you want to aim for like three touching on four, right, to be taken seriously, okay, friends, depending on the, the degree of friendship or how they know each other friend-wise, 
might drop every once in a while into two or whatever, but you're not dropping into one and whatever, right? But Berlitz is like a solid two. It's like a drunken sailor kind of uh, approach to things, the way the Japanese ear or brain would pick it up. So not that it's not functional, but you're going to get the ignorant tourist um, relationship. Anyway, so um, we're, we're going to have to talk about what's really meant in the original language from these things, okay? Uh, especially those of you who are studying Mikyo or you've done any work with Buddhist thought or anything like that. Um, like the first word we're going to run into is desire, okay? Uh, because we're told to extinguish desire or the root cause of suffering is misdirected desire and all that, right? Uh, it's a different word, right? Trishna as opposed to Chanda, right? They're different words, okay? Um, but what we really want to do is look at what's what's going on. And again, I'm going to keep this at like the 30, you know, the 300 foot, 3,000 foot hot air balloon over a sports stadium kind of thing because we don't have the time to, to like really, really dive into this stuff, okay? Uh, so anyway, um, so the, the skills, the development of, of these four skills, and that's what they are. These are not just theory-based things that you listen to and go, oh, good, I'm going to do that thing. No, there's contemplation meditation work that you do, right, to explore, right, and, and look for examples and see how relationships happen and whatnot. And there's actually in-the-world, real-world experience that goes with this. So this block of study doesn't belong to book knowledge, even though there's a scientific aspect to this, there's an analyzing kind of aspect to this, right? This belongs to a group of knowledge or a body of knowledge that is roughly translated into English as direct experience knowledge. Direct experience is hyphenated, okay? So uh, uh, kind of a, a rougher way to say this would be um, street knowledge or school of hard knocks. All right, but we need to be clear about what I'm talking about. It's experiential stuff. You're not learning it in school. You're not learning it out of a book, right? It's it's direct experience, okay? So it's the other side of the mandala from from intellectual theory based kind of stuff, right? Learning formulas and and whatnot, okay? So what you're doing is you're looking at real world examples and then understanding how it works and getting to the root of the, I'm going to use the word science, but getting to the root of the science or the process, the natural laws that cause that to work so that you can put it to use for yourself. So you can actually work it. Right. So uh, while there's a structure to this, what you're looking at are four aspects, four different skills from the mind, from the way those things are expressed, from the way you apply effort, energy, that kind of stuff. Okay. So anyway, the, the four, and, and for those of you that are in the uh, Sanjay Chichidobon program, um, again, you've got them, you got them as, Channeled desire, channeled thought, channeled um, effort. Is that the word I gave you? Channeled, yeah, effort uh, and channeled analysis, right? In that order, we touched on this other thing uh, a little bit more uh, 
it wasn't deeply right. It was I wanted to make sure you understood how it was in the in the actual text, because while you can you can shift these things around. What I want to look at tonight is why the original is laid out the way it is and how that relates to our training. Okay? Because I made a lot of mistakes. And I know that if we come at this backwards, this is where a lot of assumptions happen that tailor people's training and can lead them astray. Whereas if you understood the, 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 the flow of things, right, uh, you're less likely to have that happen. Okay? So what we're looking at is... Uh, in, in order, right? Again, it's channeled intention. So I'm going to just leave the chan word channeled off, right? We're looking at desire or it's a better word is intent, but it could also be will. It could be aspiration. It could, it could be want, right? That kind of thing. We're looking at effort or energy, right? And they're not exactly the same, but we're going to group them there for the moment, effort or energy, right? Uh, and then thought, which is also a mistranslated word, right? And then we're going to look at analysis, but actually a better translation of the word in the text is investigation, okay? So desire or intent, effort, energy, right? Number two, thought. It's more like quality, but I'll, I'll come back to that, right? And then investigation, Okay. Other words that, that fit in investigation besides investigation, uh, analysis, assessment, study, that kind of thing. Okay, so um, let's start with the channel desire. Right. The word that's in the original. Right. Uh, the word is chanda. That's not important. But while it can be translated as desire, as many words can be. Right. But you have to understand the context, just like Japanese has different contexts. There's different words based on what you're, what you're trying to say. There's different words for rice, right? But what kind of rice are we talking about, right? White rice, white rice, white rice, long grain, yellow. Is it uh, prepared for sushi? Is it prepared? That kind of thing, right? Um, uh, Eskimos, right? More people that live in Siberia and whatnot in their native language. They have a whole bunch of words for snow where we say snow and add an adjective to it to describe the quality of the snow, they have a completely different word because they're just intimately familiar with snow. Okay. So in, in the Pali and the Sanskrit, things are contextual based on whether we're talking about good desire or, you know, misdirected, ignorant, whatever. Okay. So, but this, this word Chanda, right. It really points more to intention. But even before that, right, it's like interest. Okay? So we're going to walk you through a new person's experience with the martial arts or with self-defense classes. And it doesn't matter if it's ninjutsu or whatever it is. But this could be any, any, uh, any pursuit. I'm going to use the word pursuit because I don't want to keep repeating the same words. Okay. So the first thing that happens is we develop an interest 
in a given thing. Learning it, knowing more about it, engaging in it, whatever. Okay? So if you think back to when you first experienced, came into contact with, or whatever, the concept of martial arts, right? That moment was different than how many other things you've bumped into into your life, in your life, that you had no interest in learning. From a lot of things, you just remain neutral about it, right? It was like in one ear and out the other. Other ones, you actually flat out said, I have no interest in learning that. It's kind of like me with, with fixing the engine of a car, okay? I have no interest, okay? Regardless of what some, you know, he-man whatever, right? How can you be a man and not know how to fix a car? No interest, right? I pay other people to fix my car. If they mess it up, they, it's on, fixing it correctly is on their dime. If I mess it up, okay, and I stopped being, I, I, I became even more or less interested <laughs> in fixing a car when all that space, for those of us that were old enough to remember this, right? Remember all the space in your engine compartment between the engine and the sides of the car, the sides of the compartment, right? You can climb inside that damn thing and work on your car. Now you lift the hood. There's not a, there's not space in there for a rat to fart, right? It's just it's right. There's there's just so much stuff going on in there, right? Either way, I have no interest, and I've actually verbalized that no interest, okay? But this and lots of other things in your life, you've noticed in one way or the other. Somebody was talking about it, you saw it, whatever, right? You. For those of you on, on audio only, right, I just whip my head to the side, right? You took another look at it. It was almost like a, you know, hmm, what is that? Okay. Um, and again, this isn't just limited to martial arts. It's you know things you you eat. It's whatever, right? So, but this word is more directly connected to this idea of interest, right? But it's not limited there. That's where it starts. Okay, and then you kind of progress to the point where you want to know more about it. Okay, so it can become an aspiration, right? Right, not like somebody aspirating like they're can't they can't breathe, not that kind of thing, right? Um, but another type of another level of desire, right? You go from interest to Kind of like you go from, hmm, that's neat. Tell me more, right? To you hear enough that you want to look much more deeply into it, okay? So what most people try to do is move into the thought phase, which is loading up on as much stuff that they can memorize as possible, Okay? I don't care if they're watching videos. I don't care if they're going to, uh, you know, watching demonstrations or whatever, right? They're reading, okay? And it's not that these things are not important, okay? But this can be haphazard because we're trying to learn things any way we can get them, in any order, okay? So it's almost like we're skipping over the foundational parts because any lesson is better than no lesson at all, which I would not disagree with. If you know nothing, you got to start somewhere, right? But what these 
what what these four bases point to it's about enlightenment right which is a enlightenment right understanding is another word for enlightenment wisdom that kind of thing right it's a smarter way to go about it because you get from point a to point z or z right if you're not in america i think we're the only ones in english speaking uh world that say the letter z z right everybody else says z right which makes video games make more sense anyway so right so uh but we got the the a thought we're going to get to that right but the word chitta right in in pali chitta in sanskrit shita in japanese right for mind isn't just the mind it's mental workings it's mental processes it's processing that which you've taken in okay so here's the question how do you properly process something how do you properly think about something that you've barely scratched the surface on how do you know what to think about how do you know what to pursue? How do you know what comes first, next, and next? Okay? We have a program that, that I put out how many years ago? Jesus Christ, 2008, maybe? 2007? When was it? 2004? I can't remember, right? It was, James might know. Um, it's uh, the Ninja no Hachimon program, right? The Eight Gates program, right? Because what I saw was a need for people to understand what the hell it was they were trying to learn. Everybody's throwing around the word nijutsu, but most had no clue that in ancient Japan there was a litmus test, right? That was There was a minimum eight areas of study that had to be taught by a school before it could claim to be teaching nijutsu, okay? And while there are lots of forms of nijutsu, right, there was this litmus test, right? So I put this program together so people could educate themselves and it's it's a leaping off point because that was 13th 15th whatever century japan what would that look like in the tw in 21st century japan without violating the principles and concepts that it was founded on some of those study areas stay they just get augmented other ones have to be updated and the form of it's usually the weapon stuff the form has to change because Chances are somebody's not coming at you with spear and halberd these days, or you're not going to be carrying one, right? But we need to understand the relationship between the different weapons, okay? So how we think about it determines our outcome. What we think about determines our outcome. The limitations we apply to where we think things begin and end determines our outcome, okay? So thought doesn't come next. Okay, effort, energy comes next, okay? Because we've developed an interest, right? We've developed an interest in something that, and I know this is going to be another one of those things that are going to rub people the wrong way, but it has to be said, right? My job is not to make people happy. My job is to wake people up, okay? As a Buddhist lay teacher or Mikio lay teacher, as, as a teacher in this art, whatever. My job is not, I mean, if you're happy training, fantastic. My job is not to motivate you, train, or make you happy or anything. 
My job is to authentically pass on the lessons, right? Okay. In accordance with truth, right? Universal truth, right? And my guys in the Sanji Chichibon program got this early on, right? Um, truth rarely, if ever, tastes good, right? So, but here's the thing, right? The interest and the thing we know about something when we first encounter it, no matter how much we read, no matter how much somebody told us about it, no matter how much we watch. You ever watch a teacher demonstrate a technique and get out there, right? You look at it and you go, cool, got it. You go start to work with your partner and you're like, what the hell? Right? And then your teacher comes over and goes, no, no, no. No, my hand is here for a reason. My, the, the, your, your feet are too close. They're too far. What the hell is what, What's it make a difference? Right? But then you find out that, like, I'm not just wrapping up his arm. I'm, there's a certain thing that I'm doing on applying pressure to the to a certain bone or part of the limb in conjunction with the joint on a certain angle, right, that causes things to lock up or whatever, right? Um, and again, I know, right? Again, this This goes back to what I was talking about early on with the knife and the quality of gear and are we choosing convenience or whatever, right? Um, most people think that they can figure this shit out for themselves and maybe they can, but how long is that going to take? Okay. All of these, all of these frameworks and whatnot that have been passed down are designed to help you get there faster, not faster because ego wants to be there, but faster because this is the way the process works and you don't have to unlearn a bunch of bad habits you stacked on yourself because you misunderstood a lesson, right? I still do it all the time, which is why I dropped the, the, the coin that I do to go to Japan, right, for them to tell me no. But most people don't go to Japan to be told no. Most people have figured out that if I go to Japan and I look good enough, I'm going to get promoted. I know that because they budgeted to take along so they can pay for the new rank, Okay. I go to Japan to fill up notebooks for corrections for things that they pointed out that need to be fixed. I'm not dropping that amount of money to go someplace to be told that everything I'm doing is right and to be patted on the back. Well, to me, it makes no sense, but it happens all the time. Anyway, um, so... Here's, here's the thing that's going to that's, that's gonna rock people's world, and that is I don't know anything about the thing. It doesn't matter how much people have told me. It doesn't matter how many demonstrations I've seen. It doesn't matter how many videos I've watched, right? I don't know what I'm looking at. I don't know. I don't know what I don't know. There's depth, Right? If you can see it and it looks obvious, well, one, you're going to check it out, right? But <laughs> we would not be trying to force a technique to work if we really knew how the technique worked. Okay? So what we need next is to apply effort, to apply energy. We need to get up off our happy asses or unhappy asses, depressed asses, whatever the hell it is, right, and go to class. We actually need to try it out. We need to, we need to experience it. 
That's what effort and energy is about, right? We need to put effort and energy into it. And this is where we lose 80% of the people that were that started off being interested. And I'm being generous when I say 80%, okay? Most people drop out. I'm surprised that I still have the same number of people that started in the Sanjay Shichi Dobon program, right? I, I'm surprised that I still have that many people where we are in the process because once people realize this is just too damn much work, right? There's there's the trade-off, okay? Same thing I started off with, with that conversation about that uh, prospective student, right? Okay? And all she had to do was drive a vehicle several extra minutes to get to class to learn something, right? How much harder is it for somebody who actually has to do physical work or apply study habits or whatever? In this case, we're talking about actually trying it because we don't understand that, okay, we're watching the moves, but we're neutralizing his resistance by controlling his balance. We're, um, we're controlling our balance and his balance in a way that makes it more difficult for him to move, but easier for us to move. Timing, angling, distance, all these kind of things, right? That just becomes too damn difficult for people, right? And James and I have this, this um, discussion that we have on a regular basis. Or now we just kind of look at each other and I go, yeah, COVID, right? has nothing to do with the virus, what COVID showed me, right? And we already had an online uh, online presence. We were already teaching online for how long, James? Years before everybody tried to scramble to get on when all the shutdowns happened, okay? We lost 75% of our student body at the academy. All we did was switch them over to, to uh, online training, right? Okay? Which means they turned on their computer or their smart TV or whatever and followed along for an hour, Right? What I learned was something like that pandemic really shows what people's interest level is because they didn't even have to leave their home to train. They didn't even have to turn their camera on. I just, we just saw that they were on. I mean, it was helpful, right? But they didn't have to change into uniforms. Many did, right? They didn't have to do half the work. They didn't have to do, what, 90% of the work, right? And they couldn't do that. Interesting. Right? So how much not training are people doing that tell us that they're doing a ton, but, you know, they're just saving money and, and surfing YouTube and learning all the lessons that way. Okay? So we're not even talking about smart learning yet. We're just talking about, right? I mean, let's face it. This is not for the faint of heart. This is not child's play. The mental work or the physical work. It's not. Right? And ego will, if given its choice, it will pick and choose that which it likes. And that will dictate the training as opposed to that which is necessary. Because it'll do mental gymnastics and convince you and everybody else that, well, I know better. So, of course, that's necessary. Right? It's not wrong. Okay. Well, show me your law degree. and But we're not in the court, so you can twist things any way you want. Anyway, all right, so this effort or energy is about the experience. You get experience with it, right? Because we need the experience, okay? The interest and the things we're learning and we're looking at and we're reading and all that, right? That's, that's the intellectual side of things. That's the theory side, 
it's important, but it's not until we do this to direct experience and gain direct experience knowledge that we know or we start to figure out, hmm, shit, I need to work on that thing that I don't like to work on before I can do this well. I need to learn this other thing before I can do this thing, right? It needs to be done in this order, not the other way. Um, I need to, um, I need to figure out alignment better. I need to figure out timing better. I need to, whatever. Okay. I mean, a, a good teacher is an expedient because they're going to tell you in what order it should go. Um, as long as they understand the process and they've worked the process. Otherwise, they're just going to show you techniques they're good at and that's what you're going to work on. Okay. Again, I'm not knocking anybody. This is not, it's not about that. Okay. This is about discussing a process. Okay. So, uh, this experience, uh, media, right? This is directed effort, right? Um, is, is necessary to know what we've gotten ourselves into, to know what's important, right? To know how we have to train. Okay. If we're letting the resistance and the problems show us things, okay? If we're not just pulling the drive-up window kind of thing, right? As long as I can whip it on him and I knock him down or, or uh, you know, uh, Henka and variation is my cop-out kind of thing, right? Um, you know, well, I put him down, so that's what matters. Okay, I got it, right? You put him down. But... Just because you were successful at putting him down doesn't make it Nimpo Tajitsu. Doesn't make it Budo Tajitsu. It's not that what you did didn't work, but what you're trying to do is cover something, right? Um, that's, that's, like, that, that's like if I if I am testing somebody for let's say first degree black belt. One of the things that my my black belts or my black belt candidates have to do is create six techniques okay and we give them a format right one has to be against a straight punch one against a hook punch it could be any straight it could be coming in from an angle it could be a face punch stomach punch whatever hook punch can be a big old wide haymaker it could be a close in kind of thing it can be an uppercut back fist whatever right but you've got a an arcing uh punch you've got a straight punch uh Single hand grab, again, could be lapel, sleeve, wrist, single hand choke, whatever. Double hand grab could be commute, could be double hand lapel, could be a bear hug, whatever. Okay. Uh, defense against the kick. Is that five, James? Is that five? Okay. And then there's a wild card when they come up with whatever the attack is. Okay. And while they can borrow techniques they learned along the way, what I would really like to see is for them to construct defensive techniques that they're going to demonstrate during test so that I can see their level of understanding with the principles and concepts that all of our techniques are based on, right? Are they working the five D's, right? Are they doing this discern, defend, right? Neutralizing the force of his attack, breaking his balance before they're trying to execute a technique uh, to take the guy down or knock him back or whatever, and then backing off to assess or be ready for the next thing, right? Are they working the frameworks? Have the frameworks become second nature kind of thing, right? Um, but let's say I have somebody that's coming up for tests like that, right? 
I'm testing them on their understanding of Budo Taijutsu, Nimpo Taijutsu, right? The principles and concepts that make up this art and that I'm teaching, right? But if they throw in a spinning back kick, it's not that they wouldn't use that in a fight or it might not come up in the context of a, of a self-defense situation or whatever, but um, that doesn't belong in a test that's testing their skills and their understanding of applying this. Okay. So just because you can, doesn't mean that it, it, it belongs there, right. Or that it's serving you in that capacity. So anyway, right. So we need this experience to do two things to cause the next stage to happen if we're progressing, right, it gives us the things to think about at with that, that leg or the base for, for channeled thought, okay? It's going to tell us how we need to think about the technique we're learning, how we need to think about the skill, that kind of thing, right? We're, there, there's something beyond that, but how does it, how does it fit, right? How does this technique work, right? So the word chitta, chitta in, in Pali, right, chitta, uh, it's about the, the thinking process, okay? And it deepens the level of understanding about why. Not just the what. Any monkey can learn the what. The why. The when. The where. That kind of thing, right? And see, all of these things feed each other, right? Because if during the experiential stage, somebody realizes that this is more work than they're willing to put in for it or put into it, what's that going to do to the first leg? The interest or desire. It's going to wane. Okay. Now, does that mean that they're going to quit? Nope. But it is going to drastically change the effort and energy applied in given directions. For some people, it's going to change what they work on. I'm going to pick and choose skills based on whether I like it or not or whether I'm willing to do it or not. For some people, training is going to diminished to the point of binge watching YouTube videos, uh, signing on to podcasts, buying programs, but not ever going through them. But I've got the intent to, right? But now what? Okay. So the, and neither of these are right or wrong because I believe that, especially when it comes to warrior training, some people don't belong there. While this is could be valuable to anyone, not everyone is cut out for it. Okay? So, uh, again, that little pause there for the people on audio only, right? That was a shrug because it's not for me to say. Okay? I absolutely buy into universal justice. Okay? We create our own karma. Okay? And I... We don't have time to discuss karma. Okay. So anyway, right? Okay. So interest 
kind of, and there's a red pill, blue pill moment in each of these stages, right? Interest, red pill, blue pill moment. If you remember the movie The Matrix, right? Red pill is I'm going to take this and proceed on, regardless of challenge, confusion, effort, necessary requirements, whatever. Okay, I'm going to proceed to the next level. Blue pill, I'm going to take it. I'm going to go back to sleep. I'm going to wake up tomorrow and tell myself anything that will make me feel good. I tell myself anything that is going to make it okay. Okay? Um, and that's what happens. Right? So if I red pill myself at the interest stage, I'm going to put effort into it to at least check out classes, whatever. Okay? That's either going to increase the, the level of interest to now I want to learn this stuff. Right? Or uh, I, you know, aspire to be a certain level black belt or ninja or whatever. Okay? At least more, right? Because, you know, the road to hell is paved with good intentions, right? So, but at least it's, it's moving us in the right direction, okay? And the more we train and the more we study and the more we learn, the more fodder we're putting in to process it, okay? Please notice that I did not say memorize it, okay? Blindly accept it, Okay? This needs to make sense, okay? Which also means that while I'm thinking about this, I should be thinking about, like, what if? What if I did it this way that I think would work better, regardless of whether the, this stuff was passed down by people that, you know, studied warfare religiously for a 1,000 or 2,000 years, right, before passing it on, Um I'm a 21st century modern smart guy. I got the internet on my side, right? I'm going to do it my way, okay? What if I do it like this, okay? Well, now we've crossed over to another aspect, okay? Because thought, channeled thought, is in how you're processing what you're learning, the depth or degree that you're processing it, how much it's making sense, how much it starts causing questions to happen. Because that then feeds into the fourth leg, which is investigation or analysis. Okay? So now I'm going to need to study things, not just book study. I'm going to need to study, like, how, how does my arm, how does, like, at a certain extension of my arm. Huh. i got to be careful with that because if I overextend it, without adjusting my body, right, I end up applying a musodori to my shoulder joint and I actually weaken it and make it easier for him to damage it. So I don't want that to happen. But, you know, if I got him to do that, I wouldn't need to apply nearly as much energy. Okay? So I can study it. I can study it experientially. I can go to Gray's Anatomy or some other anatomy or physiology book and understand Right. Borrow the work of hundreds of thousands, if not millions, who have gone before me to figure out how the human body works naturally and how it can be broken or disorders that can be can be caused. Because and here's a disorder thing. We, we covered this. What was it? Whiteboard Wednesdays, James, where I talked about um, proprioceptors and, and uh, controlling perceptions and those kind of things. Right. Um, uh we can we can 
learn about disorders, mental disorders, confusion, uh, how the brain takes input from the different sense receptors, right, and how people actually develop syndromes and disorders and things like that naturally, right, that have, that have to be worked around or doctors try to fix it or whatever. But if we understand what's going on and how that mixed communication is going in, part of what Hatsumi Sensei has taught us over the decades is how to cause that intentionally. So you cause that disorder temporarily for seconds, microseconds, right, to make something happen, right? But again, it depends on how deep you want to go. This, this framework that is 2,500 plus years old, right, is about depth. I covered that at the very beginning, right? This is about, it, it, this determines the depth of your understanding, the depth of your effort, the depth of your interest, the depth of, your, in this case, investigation or analysis, right? How, if you watch the movie The Matrix, when Morpheus first offers Neo the red pill and blue pill, what's the warning that he gives him? I'm only offering you the truth. If you take the red pill, there's no promise of this is going to feel good. Okay? The only promise I'm making you is I, w I will show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. If you take the blue pill, no harm, no foul. Go back to sleep. Wake up tomorrow. Tell yourself anything you want to tell yourself. Okay? So when I start mentioning these things during Whiteboard Wednesdays or Kuden or whatever, and I start venturing into areas that... In all honesty, most people wonder where the hell that even relates to their martial arts training or their ninjutsu training or whatever. That's the depth that came out of this leg of investigation, study. Hatsumi Sensei mentioned something that had to do with, like, no plays, which are based on Buddhist teachings. Wait, why would he even mention that in class? Well, he must have thought it was important. Not just he mentioned it so I might ponder it. But, wait, he made a reference to a scene in a particular play, in a no play, that's based on Buddhist teachings. That means he studies it. Well, we already covered that in the past kuden, didn't we? He's the baseline. Right? He's the target. So if he makes a reference to something, Robert Frost poem, whatever, some of us are, some of us are either dumb enough or insightful enough to pick up on that and go, hmm, maybe I should not just go around parroting what Sensei said. Maybe I should go read the damn poem, too. Or maybe I should dive a little bit deeper to figure it out. Right? And in all honesty, I'm guilty of maybe maybe doing that 25, 30% of the time. Okay? So I don't do it enough either. I admitted to the guys in the 37 Fundamentals course. Okay? I did this because people kept asking about it, but in all honesty, I also did it in part because I needed a new injection. By teaching it, I'm re-reminding myself of lessons and putting myself back into areas where, hmm, I, I need to meditate on that a little bit longer. I need to study that. I need to pay attention to this. Okay, I'm not on some kind of pedestal just, you know, you should. No. There's no finger wagging. There's just 
This is information I have. If you find it valuable, if you find it interesting, if you find it interesting enough to put effort and energy in to pursue and you're willing to stay with it to put some thought into it, you might end up studying, analyzing, and investigating this stuff from perspectives that you never thought you would. James, have you looked into anything in this art that you never thought you would look into, or that's as a result of the art you look you've looked into? Just it, it came out of this. I was I was called the back door. That's how I got into Mikio. Got into Mikio through ninjutsu training, right? Not because my teacher told me to. It's because I bumped into this stuff and went, hmm, interesting. Level of interest. I'm going to go study some things. I'm going to go ask some questions. I'm going to do some exercises and, and, and mind work and whatnot. And here we are decades later, right? So you've pursued some things or studied some things as a direct result of your martial arts training that didn't, was never on the radar as being related to martial arts. Sure. Yeah. All kinds of odd things have come up. People that have seen my like bookshelves are like, you know, the hell is this? <laughs> is it a very wide range of topics because you know, things that come up and you're like, never thought of that. I wonder how that works or correlates and start looking at other things and digging into things. Yeah, there was a based on Nijutsu and based on my understanding of, you know, just information gatherers and being able to, um, get information on something fairly quickly, right? Led me to developing networks, right? So the rare topic that doesn't pop up that I don't have someone that I can call or reference or whatever, but you know what my bookshelves look like at the dojo, right? Then I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten in, in this small office that I have, not counting my desk drawers, right? Um, not counting the boxes, uh, my wife and I have one, two, three more in our bedroom. Um, but part of the goal there also uh, was to have um, a library that if I needed to look up something quickly in whatever field, it was there. Okay. Um, now, again, I still have a whole bunch of stuff boxed up and by just by default, because I don't have a, I don't have a big enough house. Um, I have been known to buy, like if I've been at uh, book sales or whatever, right? Buy an entire um, encyclopedia, or uh, I have, let's see, one, two, three, four, five years worth of what's known as the writer's market for writers who write articles or books or whatever and how to sell them and those kind of things. Um, I've referenced them probably, I don't know, half a dozen times. But I'm not a freelance writer, but it, it, it's good to know what outlets are out there or what, because they'll tell me who their market is and what, uh, what kind of things get written, you know, that they accept that are written about. And sometimes just perusing it in certain areas, I can look at it and it'll feed ideas for articles and stuff like, holy crap. Let me let me go look up that perspective, right? Um, based on my ability to do that, 
uh, I was invited to be a part of two book projects back in, well, 2009. They were published in 2010. Um, one, in all honesty, was a topic that I knew nothing about when somebody reached out to contact me to see if I, you know, was interested in writing a chapter in a book. Um, both of these books were on workplace violence in the healthcare sector. That I know about. Okay. But one was on something called GIS and I kept using it. Right. You know anything about GIS? Right. Well, they, they made a mistake. It wasn't a mistake. It was fortuitous to me. They didn't call me. They sent me an email. You know, do you know anything about this? I'm looking for people that can, that can, uh, speak on or write and contribute to a book that could, you know, for using GIS information to make it safer for everybody from EMTs to hospital personnel to whatever when it comes to, to violence, right? Well, because it's sent by email, I brought up Google and typed in, what's GIS? Well, it turns out to be geographical information services, data collection, and then application on maps and whatnot. And so, um, again, based on the thinking processes that this framework in Nijitsu and other areas of my life has developed, because remember what I said, these are skill sets to be developed. These are not just categories to fill in the blank or to check off the box. These are skill sets based on the thought and the, the analysis part and, of course, the effort and to see if I was even interested. See how it went backwards, right? I was interested enough because it was close enough to my wheelhouse, workplace violence, security, whatever. Hmm, I don't know. Let me go look this up. And then I did a little bit of research on how it's applied, and I found that one hospital – GIS is normally used externally in the community to gather information and data so that they can develop training, response time, change processes, policies, procedures, whatever, right? But I found a hospital that used it to track filled and empty beds so that they could identify trends and make the hospital work more efficiently. And I thought, hmm, it can be used inside because that's my, where my brain went first. And then uh, what I thought was, hmm, so I could, we could gather information about incidents of workplace violence, whether it's aggression, verbal, physical, whatever, per department in a hospital and then create GIS mapping to overlay over the hospital itself to determine what types of training and the priority of getting training to departments needed to be done because it would be incident-based, right, from that kind of data. And so that's how I wrote my abstract for or my proposal for a, a thing because my answer was, yes, I can, <laughs> I can speak on using GIS, right? I don't have to use GIS, Right. I have to understand how it works and how I would use it. Right. Because if I were using it as a consultant, I'm not using GIS. I'm bringing a couple of team members on who actually functionally use the system. I'm just going to tell them what information I need and how we're going to apply that information 
once it's been analyzed by the computer system. Does that make sense? Yeah. So next thing I know, I'm in a chapter in GIS and uh, healthcare and emergency, whatever. Yeah. So anyway, um, so the, the last leg is in the study and the depth and analyzing and investigating, right? I mentioned earlier that anybody who's really serious about mastering something doesn't just come at it from one perspective. You don't just come at it from the perspective of, I like this, I believe in it, so I'm only going to look at how it works. I'm only going to look at it from the positive side of things, right? If I'm really investigating, if I'm really studying, I need to figure out also under what conditions any given technique or skill fails or is absolutely not appropriate. And that's not just plus or minus. Works here, doesn't work here. Size of attacker, fight style, environment, clothing, all kinds of things, right? Do you have to go this far? No. As many of my teachers have said over the years, you're you're an adult. You can do whatever the hell you want. Okay. That's cool, right? Okay. But again, this is about skill development, and again, this this lumps into uh, what I tend to just generically or generally call uh, invisible skills or soft skills. Right? They're the ones that nobody sees operating but they're hugely inter- instrumental in how you get from point A to point B, right? Hatsumi-sensei is who Hatsumi-sensei is because the amount of investigation and stuff. I was in Japan one year. He unrolled three or four spear tips, okay? Told us that he dropped the equivalent of 30000 U.S. dollars for those three or four spearheads because a year or two before, he found the scrolls to a defunct warrior lineage of Yuha someplace, spent a couple of grand on those, and was working through their spear method on his own. But he got to a point where he could not understand certain things. And again, Ego not going, oh, yeah, I got this. Of course, I'm the grandmaster of nine schools. Of course I get this shit. This is, they're defunct for a reason, right? He's not blowing things off. His explanation was, I got to a certain point where with the spear I had, which are made up differently, all that kind of stuff, right? There was only so much I could do with spear shafts because he could have those made out of whatever the wood was and, you know, whatever, right? I could not progress farther, further without attaching these things to a spear, to a shaft, and then continuing continuing the practice, okay? So what that told me was not only was he working the damn process, but how far. Of course, that was also the same class, and we're at Hombu. There's the same class that he made it very, very clear in two areas, one was on the self-protection side, that we need to see our training in the same light as insurance. Now, I had been saying that for years, but so I just smiled and nodded. But we need to see it in the same light as insurance. But this is the insurance that will pay off so that the other one doesn't have to pay off. 
Because if the other one's paying off, you got beaten, broken, or worse. And somebody else is the recipient of the money. Okay? So it's to be seen as insurance. But the irony, and again, this was his lesson, right? The irony is the better you get at this in all realms. We're talking ninja no Hachimon, not just Nimpo Taijutsu. The better you get and the more you become the byproduct of the training process, the less you're going to need the physical skills. And he laughed and said, isn't that ironic? The better you get, the less you're going to need it. Okay? Because you can assess things. You can see things that is going to allow you to control the situation long before the guy ever throws a punch or kick or knife, whatever. Okay? But then the other thing he made, the other point he made, because everybody's still reeling from the, he spent $30,000 on, I can't remember, I think it was four spearheads, right? But he spent that, right? He said, martial arts training is expensive in time, effort, and money. And then he repeated what he has in at least two books, three books. Okay. The reminder that all successful people in whatever field or endeavor have spent at least three times more in time, effort, money, resources, effort, thought, and all that than everyone who isn't or wants to be to get there. They're only condemned or seen in it from an envious light by those who don't want to expend that or want it to be a way that it's not. And his point with the, you know, I'm dropping this much money because I'm trying to figure this out. He was specifically speaking from the direction of the investigative study side but see how that fed back into the thought and thinking processes, fed back into the amount of effort and uh, energy expended. And the interest and desire has to be high, right? Um, a couple of classes ago in the Sanji Shichi Dobon program, we were discussing this, um, and it goes into this one as well. But we were talking about how desire precedes everything. Right? Interest, desire, aspiration, or whatever. But not only does it precede it, but the amount of energy in that intent or in that, um, in that level of interest or desire is directly proportionate to the results the person will get out of it. So, meh, interest gets meh. At best, results. Mediocre interest, mediocre desire, energy, gets mediocre. Okay? High level of interest and high level of energy, most people will start calling you anal or obsessed, and you'll call yourself dissatisfied. Because... There's way too much to still learn. Okay. So, anyway, right? So the four legs again: uh, channel desire, 
or channeled interest, right? Again, you have to channel it, focus it, right? Um, and the degree of energy that's there, right? I mean, if you're mildly interested in something or it was a, you know, passing kind of thing, it's like taking the kid to a toy store, right? The kid is interested in getting every freaking toy that's in the damn toy store. Leave the toy store. Ask him a half an hour later, and he'll go, what toy? Which one? Okay. I understood that. When my kids ask for things like that in the toy store, right, I might let them get something, but if it was expensive, right, I would remind them, your birthday's coming up, Easter's coming up, Christmas is coming up, or whatever. So my girls got to a point where they would ask for something, or they would, like, look, that's really cool. And I would go, yeah, I know, but, you know, probably not today. And they go, yeah, wait, oh, my birthday's coming up, maybe for my birthday, okay? You know what my kids got for as gifts for these things, right? I know somebody who, if somebody shows interest even a little bit in something, that becomes a gift for later. And very often the people, the recipients are confused because they don't even remember being initially interested in that thing days, weeks, months, or years ago. But my friend remembers and wants people to be happy, so you showed interest, Right? I understood that the way the, the child's brain was working. So what my kids got for gifts and gift-giving occasions were the things they continually asked for, not put on a list because you told them to make a list, not because they mentioned it in a store. If they asked for it again and again and again, that told me their level of interest, their level of desire. Not, it's shiny in front of me. It's blinking in front of me. It's making noise. It's catching my attention in front of me. Right? That's just a thought. All thoughts have a birth. They have a life and they have a death. They will go away. And you'll be off to the next thing. It's the nature of our mind and the way thoughts happen. Same thing with feelings. Same thing with interests. But if something catches because of our nature, because of other things that are going on, okay? What's, what, what's cool about this framework is it's highlighting skills. Each of these areas itself. Somebody has enough interest in something, right? They won't stop talking about things. And for whatever, they're, they're and again, it's going to happen accidentally. It's going to happen by default because of the way we're wired. We will just naturally start gravitating for, toward things that is in that direction. So whether we meant to channel energy or effort or not, energy and effort is going to go where that interest and that desire is going, right? Same thing with we're, we're, we're going to be – it's going to consume our thoughts. We're going to be daydreaming about it. We're going to – okay? What the four bases of transcendent intention in our Miko training is about – is recognizing that these things happen by default. The reason that each individual leg can be the central focal point is because we think it's the central focal point, but we're not aware that the other things are happening. What the framework does is show you that if you can create these four bases or four legs like a sturdy stool, oh, shit, 
what can you accomplish, right? Or a ladder or whatever, whatever right? I mean, step up to higher levels. We can be more stable in the other things that we're – there's all kinds of symbolic language we can use, but this is a process. And again, the way it's written in the in the sutras, the way the Buddha taught, it was it's laid out in the natural order of making things happen, because the initial interest is going to be fed or dimmed by the effort. For willing to work, or whatever, that's cool, right? Interest goes up. That's more energy fed into. We're willing to put more effort and energy into it. The more effort and energy we put into something, the more we do it, I'm making air quotes for the people on audio, right? The more we do it, the more we're going to think about it, the more we're going to seek to understand it, right? The more we're paying attention while we're doing things and we're asking questions in the thinking process, that's going to lead to study, investigation, and those kind of things. So long as we haven't convinced ourselves that we're not thinkers, we're doers, we're idiots, we're morons. Um, I was never good in school, so study and thinking is out of the question, which is why I'm involved in martial arts, because that's just doing, right? That's just, that's just, you know, show me how to do it and I'll just do it. Show me where to put my foot and, and, okay. All right. Well, so you're always going to do the techniques the exact same way all the time. Or people that haven't thought about the logic and strategic thinking that is underpinning all kata. And that's, you know, right? Henka becomes the scapegoat or Henka becomes the cop out, right? Henka becomes the, right? Well, see, it wasn't going in that direction. So I'm, you know, I, I, I needed a Henka. Why wasn't going in, why wasn't it going in the right direction? Taisabaki was off. Timing, distancing, angling, whatever. Okay. Um, there's a reason that that there's this whole other framework, right? Shu hari, shu, copy, preserve. Yeah, but like in a real fight, you're not going to do it that way, right? But what is the form going to look like? Because you're still doing strategically and tactically the same thing, even though you're not doing it physically the same way. What's it going to look like? How many different ways can you change this physically, but you're still doing exactly the same thing strategically and tactically to the guy? For a lot of students, for a lot of teachers, kata or kata, you don't fuck with them, right? But then Rondori and sparring, that's why in, in how many different martial arts, right? Kata look one way. Sparring looks a completely different way. Self-defense techniques look a completely different way. What the hell? How'd that happen? Anyway. Um, that's what I have, right? So th there's this process. Again, just, again, the four bases. Channeling intention or channeling, it's all, it's all intent, right? Intent goes into all of these. Level of intent level of energy, right? But channeled desire or channeled interest, channeled effort or energy, right? Same thing. Channeled thought, but it's 
Chitta is the thinking process. It's the mental processes, right? How are you processing the information you have? We normally process things based on the scientific process is asking questions, right? And then that should lead to deeper study, investigation, analysis, assessment, because what we're trying to get to is how does this thing work? What is the science? What is the universal natural principles and concepts that make this work? The more in tune we are with natural processes, nature, we heard that before, she's in, she's in tie, whatever, right? The easier things should be because we're now no longer swimming upstream trying to accomplish something against, against the current. Anyway, um, questions, comments, bullshit statements, whatever. I call bullshit. <laughs> uh, Jeffrey said in regards to the last Sanju Shichi Dobon class that the, he had some, definitely has a few questions. He's going to put them in an email as they're a bit lengthy. Okay. Dave Fletch said Z is better than Z. <laughs> wow. Start a fight across the pond. Nice. And Florida Budo has a couple things. Congratulations on the uh, podcast to Pandora. Uh, he said, I was told the same thing. The better you get in Budo, the less of a target you will be. And desire versus convenience and great information. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. See, I'm here singing to the choir. Everybody already knew this stuff. <laughs> I guess it gave me a chance to fill in two hours of my time on a Monday evening. Again, I'm being facetious. Facidious. It's better than being fictitious. Anyway. Uh, is that it? That's all, that's all we have? Seriously? That was it. Wow. All right. Okay, so... Um, Let's see. I do have other topics. I just I just uh, put more on my on my schedule. Same thing with the whiteboard Wednesday. But here's here's what's happened, right? Um, this is it. This week, yeah, this week. This is episode. This will be episode seventy seven of Warriors Whiteboard Wednesday. I think I scheduled out to like eighty one. So for the next couple of weeks, right? They're not, they're not set in stone, but the door is open. What situations, conflict types, skill sets, whatever, do you want me to teach on? What questions do you have or where do you want to go uh, with Kuden? Because, again, Kuden is a teacher-to-student transmission, not that some of you guys are not teachers. I'm not here to be everybody's teacher. Uh, again, I'm just sharing this from Jeff's perspective based on Jeff's adventure or ride or whatever, right? So, um, uh, but post the comments, send in emails, whatever, let us know um, so that I'm not like reaching into my proverbial ninja ass or pulling things out of thin air or whatever. Um, because 
you know, I'd really like to. Uh, the, the the original translation of samurai, right? I, I know I, I prefer bushi, but samurai. Because what most people don't know is that samurai meant very different. Not, the the translation's the same, but your rank or status was in very different places throughout time, right? So it was not always what people fantasize about, okay? And the change from the terminology of samurai to bushi was a huge and significant transition in warriorship and the way that class functioned. That was a huge, huge step. Okay, but samurai is the is the noun form, right, of the verb samurai, which means to serve. Samurai means one who serves. Okay, contrary to popular belief, <laughs> right? Um, just like ninja, right? That's a cool guy that can take on everything. No. Ninja is a persevering person. It's an enduring person. It's one who can take on hardships that would crush most others. And while it's easy to fantasize about, not so easy to do. And the hardest thing about persevering is perseverance itself. Okay? What breaks most people is enduring the process of enduring, the process of persevering. So, but anyway, back to samurai, right? That's what I'm here to do, okay? This is my way of giving back, okay? It's also the counter to everybody that says, like, when they encounter a program that they really want to be in and then try to, I just had somebody, what, two months ago, James, tried to throw the whole capitalist thing at me and whatnot, and, you know, well, you just, you're all about the money, and really? Really? Years worth of kuden, and now, <laughs> well into our second year of Whiteboard Wednesday, 600 articles online, all that kind of, and I'm getting back to writing again. We're starting, uh, we're going to be loading up the plot of the blog on, on my ninjaacademy.com and stuff like that, right? Um, seriously, right? Okay. Uh, every once in a while I get somebody uh, who will send me something and want to ask a question, but they, they lead off with, um, but I would understand if you didn't answer it because, like with as much stuff that you give away, right? I'm, I'm afraid that you're undercutting yourself. How does anybody know that I know anything if I don't share? Okay. What I have had is a couple of people say, holy shit, if this is what you're giving away for free, what the hell's in your programs? I don't know. I, I don't look. I'm not a student. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Which reminds me, um, James and I are working on this this week, and emails are going to start to come out. Um, we are updating the uh, Platinum Online uh, Black Belt program, right? Uh, white Belt to First Degree Black Belt to start with. We have our stuff broken into modules, and the modules are based on uh, strategic and tactical modes of operation, and attacker types, right? So as people move through, um, they, you know, mod one is kind of a sampling of, of a broad spectrum, but then the modules that lead to black belt after that 
each module dives into framework, right? Dives into each one of these options so that you can take it farther, right? Further, farther, whatever. So we decided we're going to kill two or three birds with the same stone. And so we're going to open it to people that want to go through the program, obviously, right? Um, with module one. And so this will allow us to update the lessons, right? When I first did it, I mean, that was, geez, way back in late 90s, early 2000s. Um, so I'm obviously at a different place, skill set, teaching-wise, whatever, right? So we're updating it that way. We're updating the technology as well because as, as technology just keeps getting better and better, the lessons, the lessons are, are still decent, right? But the videos looking, you know, kind of shoddy and all that kind of stuff. And I don't look like the same young, handsome guy that uh, was on those first ones. So either way, um, but uh, this is also going to help my inner circle guys, right? Dive in a little bit deeper and and get some stuff as well. So um, we're, we're going to be, I'm going to be sending out some emails to to uh, let everybody know when the doors are going to be opening on that. But the way the strong the way it's going to be structured is there will be, what is it? Uh, three lessons a week, James, right? Yes. So they're, they're smaller pieces, but, um, and, and we're going to do it a module at a time. So we can literally take somebody who's brand new to the program through it, right? Understand. So they can understand the logic and all that. And that way they're just, they're, they're building on things. Um, but there will be a, um, a video lesson, on a skill set, right? A skill, right? Could be, who knows, a side roll from the ground or whatever, right? And some variations in what I'm looking for from somebody who's at the, because there's three belt levels in each module, right? At the beginning phase in the module, at the intermediate phase in the module, and then prepping to graduate out, because at that stage, the next module presupposes that you have a decent foundation on that skill because it's going to take it to the next level. Okay. Um, so it could be come by, it could be striking or whatever, but it's a solo kind of thing for the solo training student. There's another uh, video that will be on a technique or three, right. That requires a partner, right. So James and I will be demonstrating or me and somebody else will be demonstrating, but there'll be that piece. And then there'll be a lesson on a personal development topic that's in the module whether it's basic meditation or breathing or freaking belt tying or whatever, right? Um, again, it's it's built from the ground up. So if you already know it, then skip over whatever whatever lessons, right? Um, but also as a part of that program, uh, people will have access to a live uh, training that we do virtually, right, weekly. And that way they can ask questions, right? Plus they're also getting some extra bonus advanced level, intermediate advanced level uh, lessons and stuff, but it, it provides a, a, a way to get Q&A stuff, okay? So it's kind of a springboard. I mean, it, it can be a standalone thing, but it's also a springboard to anybody that wants to get into my full coaching program. Not necessary, but it's a springboard to it. Um, what was the other thing to it, James? Um, oh, uh, people can uh, test for rank, okay? So... Uh, but uh, anyway, I'll, I'll be uh, rolling that out because, again, we need to update the the, the video training and the lessons and, and whatnot 
Um, and this would be just a, a good time uh, for anybody that wants live interactive guidance and not just like my platinum guys now, they've literally gotten the lessons, had to do the lessons on their own. And then we have these coaching calls during the week where they can ask questions, get clarity, come in for seminars, get things fixed, that kind of thing. Um, this would be an opportunity for people to go through it. Yes, you're going to get some video lessons, but you're not going to go more than a couple of days without being able to ask a question or have your physical stuff reviewed and, and critiqued one-on-one. Right. So anyway, if you're interested, um, here's, here's what I would like to do. Um, James, I don't know if we have a, if we have a, a notification page or anything like that for people to get on a list or not. Um, but and we can put one in, but if you're interested and you want to throw your hat in the ring, um, to, to get, uh, to get the information, uh, first and whatnot, send an email. Uh, should we just do the warrior C? Is that just most convenient? Yes. Okay. So the warrior C W A R R I O R letter C at warrior dash concepts dash online.com. Um, and in the, in the subject line, put, uh, upcoming course interest or something like that, right? Put, um, Module one, course interest, or something like that. And then in the body of the email, tell me where you are in the process. Have you not trained, but you want to? Beginner level, intermediate level, advanced level, whatever. Um, and, and then we can, we can go from there. But, you know, um, just want to know basically what the initial interest is. Right. Uh, and where most people are before I start putting effort and energy into things. See how the, pr- it's, the framework works no matter what we're doing. No matter what we're doing. Okay. It was just as true when you started this as it was in every class you went to in school, whether you wanted to be there or not, with your level of interest with engaging with any given person you might have had interest in for friend, for business partner, for significant other interest in having children or not, or whether the universe said interested or not, guess what you're going to be spending 18 years of effort and energy on. (laughs) Okay. So it's the same, right? Uh, But again, it's, you know, it's, it's another framework to help speed up the process without cheating the process or without cheating yourself in the process. Okay. All right. Anything else pop up, James? Oh, uh, you got a couple topic ideas came in. Cool. Uh, one is a deep dive into Hoko. Hoko no Kamai? That's what I'm guessing. Okay. Um, Please be clar- please please clarify because hoko, uh, in, in all these words in Japanese mean lots of different things. Like doko is not just reclining tiger. It also, it, at a very basic level, doko means where. So there's there's lots of, okay? so, hoko from the concept of like a broad spectrum, um, or, um, yeah. Well, I don't know. Yes. So I'm yes. Coco yeah. Nokomai. Yes. Damn it. You, 
supposed to know what I meant. Just kidding. I'm just. Jeffrey said a topic idea of dissecting basics of Taijutsu to adapt those basics for times when one is impaired, either due to health issues, uh, injuries, illnesses, both physical and psychological. Man, that's a whole series right there. <laughs> because the way you adapt around any given impairment is is going to be a huge change. But what I could do is a high level, here's four aspects that will adjust and, you know, determine where you need to go. But again, how many pistons are you firing on? For a lot of people, you'd think that they had a single stroke engine. Martial arts is my life. <laughs> I bet not. Um, Jeffrey said he had some questions about the, I believe the new program we were just discussing. So he was glad you brought that up. Oh, cool. And Florida Buddha said, I appreciate all the information. And Dave Fletch said, thanks again for the discussion. Oh, before we hang up, um, Oh crap! It was there, and I wanted, I wanted to get this out of my head. Shit! Um, it was a topic. It's gone. <laughs> I'll see you at nine a.m. anyway, so hopefully it'll come back. Oh man, I hate when that happens. He, you know, I, I had one of these paralysis of analysis uh, moments today. Um, trying to figure out a re not a reframing but a relaunching of a given program and where best to start and all that kind of stuff so um well here's a question this this would be good right we're looking to come up with uh, either using some of the resources that i have created for students i mean how many worksheets have i created over the years james for for students a lot. Holy shit. <laughs> right? So worksheets, uh, checklists, those kind of things, right? So what are you working on? Or what would you like to see as a worksheet or something in diagram form or whatever that you think would be helpful to help you get your head around something or to not miss. For instance, I have a Kamai development worksheet and it's a first stage. Okay. So there's a, there's a line on it for, and it's just a blank worksheet. Okay. Um, Kamai name, English translation, lineage it comes from, the level in our particular training where it belongs. So if you're, you've got your own curriculum, then you would put it where it belongs for yours, right? Q or Don level or whatever, right? And then there are 10 aspects. Weight distribution, position, alignment, sight uh, uh, points. Uh, what do I call those things? Um, either way, right? Uh, Metsky, right? Where your eyes point. Uh, all kinds of stuff, right? There's 10 aspects, right? So uh, it's things like that, right? I've done things for balance breaking. I've done, so some are like a diagram that somebody could look at as a quick reminder and other ones collect information and you fill it in, okay? So 
if you can think of things in that direction, send those to us, those to us as well. We'll try to keep track of the, of the comments, right? But in all honesty, with all the stuff we have going on, we can miss things, right? So the, if you want us to get something, the easiest thing is to shoot, shoot us that email at warriorc at warriorconceptsonline.com. Warrior-concepts-online.com, right? James, can you put that in the chat just so people have it? Already? Okay, thanks. Okay, that's what I have. Uh, again, I hope this was valuable. I know for a lot of folks, they don't want to hear anything from the Mikio side. They don't want to hear the, the word Buddhist made their head explode and they signed off or whatever. Um, look, we're ninja. And one of the lessons I got early on was anything that could be used to accomplish the mission or make things work better, faster, easier, whatever, and especially when they're in, in accordance with natural principles and concepts, the ninja doesn't the ninja doesn't ignore them. They're at least considered for value and application. And people have been coming up with this stuff and proving it, and it hasn't broken for sixteen hundred to two thousand sixteen hundred to well if we go back to the founding of the stuff that forms the basis for Mikyo, that's over 2,500 years. But if we go back through the stuff that predates that, that that was founded on <laughs> five, 6,000 years, right? Why would you not leverage that? Holy shit. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, um, that's what I have. So are we good? We Yes. No questions, comments? No? Okay. Guys, thanks for joining me again. I appreciate it. Uh, so unless something happens uh, between now and then, I will talk to everybody again next week on Kuden. Get more of Kuden Radio. Subscribe through your favorite podcasting site or join our clan of serious modern warriors at OnlineNinjaAcademy.com.